Well, as the U.S. economy continues its reopening, our next guest is keeping her eye on the consumer discretionary sector. Joining me to share her thoughts and where the opportunity really lies is Alex Fitzgerald, principal at Kearney Consumer Institute. Alex, thanks for being here. So consumer discretionary, generally, when are consumer discretionary stocks appealing? And are they appealing now? Well, first of all, they're interesting. Um, because if, if the staples are all about, you know, what do the consumers need, the discretionary is all about what do they want. And that tells us a lot about consumer behavior. So when we're looking at them, there's a lot to tease out because there's a lot of different things going on. We have some pent up demand that's coming now that, uh, that folks are out and about and attending events and traveling again. Um, but what we really have our sights on is, you know, how much of that is, is sustained. And what can we learn from, you know, how consumers are buying, what they're buying, you know, what promotions are working? Because we think we have a pretty exciting fall coming up um, for the discretionary sector. So why is that? Because you, as people want more, they're out more, um, the COVID-19 variants may be impacting things in pieces, I guess, around the globe, but even here at home. Um, you know, we, it's like fits and starts, right? We reopen and then we have to pull back. Um, are you watching COVID? And what is it about the fall that makes consumer discretionary attractive? Yeah, so yes to everything you said, Nicole. And, um, you know, a really big event happens in the fall for the retail sector, and that's back to school. Um, now, I think it has the potential to even be amplified this year because we're not only talking back to school, back to physical school for many who had not been in person um, in a while or at least not consistently for a while. It's also back to work for many. And we were really watching what's different. So, you know, as we look to these summer months, what can we learn about, you know, what folks are, are buying and how they're shopping so that, you know, when we have this, this large fall event, which we're all hopeful for, um, you know, how can the retailers make sure that their supply chains in, are in place, that they're, you know, not only delivering that online experience, but also can do it in store um, and the interchange between the two of those as well. So. You know, there's so much uncertainty going on right now, but what we're really working with our clients on is, you know, trying to, to tease out those those trends and really trying to make sure that, you know, when we get to that fall time frame, that that everyone, all the retailers are in the position where they can capitalize on on hopefully the increased level of demand that we see. Now, all of the caveats around, you know, COVID and, and variants, you know, all of that still comes into play. So it's not just, you know, building up a, a whole stockpile of, of inventory, but being really dynamic about it and thoughtful in terms of allocations, in terms of planning, in terms of speed to market. Um, really interesting time in the discretionary space. So as we look to, and I agree with you, I think a lot of people likely will go back to work that maybe some, some who have had the summer and work from home, September might be a, a real deadline sort of date to get back in the office, back to school, back to work. It makes sense. Um, that being said, are there certain areas, I know Lululemon was on your radar, Gap was on your radar, Ulta, Beauty, and My Teresa, which I don't even know what My Teresa is. You'll, you could share that with me, but um, I don't even know, is that publicly traded? So, um, you know, why these names, um, will we see certain trends and will there be certain retailers that are just out, not in favor? 
Yeah, so unfortunately to the last point of your question, yes, I think we still there's still the potential to see some retail um, retailers be out and just not in favor. And and so the names that are on my list and are on sort of my watch list are those who are doing really interesting experiments in market. So now that now that we've seen a little I mean Let's all remember that this sector was wildly hit by um, by COVID um, and discretionary spending just going down. And so, as things start to normalize again, we're starting to have some of the conversations again that we had pre-pandemic. Um, we're t- starting to talk about experiential retail. Um, Ulta and Sephora had always been really. Um, interesting and leaders in the experiential retailer space. So I'm watching what they're doing in this post-pandemic world. Um, you know, Lulu has been sort of a darling in the casual um, athleisure space, but they're expanding their portfolio both in terms of apparel, also in terms of you know their mirror acquisition and really creating online communities. Right. So they're interesting. Um, and my Teresa, a European um, uh, luxury marketplace, and um, you know, getting into the resale business that's been um, you know really hot and a growth pocket for a number of retailers. So I like the I like the retailers who are experimenting, who are going to market, who are putting different value propositions out there, and are really using it as an opportunity to learn about. So what's, what's out? consumers. What's out? Is it is it electronics because everybody bought that? Is it department stores? Um, is it luxury? What do you think is on the out? So you're saying those are your picks, right? Those are the names that you like. Um, which ones are the ones that are out? Yeah, I mean, the ones that are out are the ones that are hoping that things are going to go back to normal and go back to post-pandemic and aren't really saying, oh, the consumers fundamentally changed. You know, the ones who are saying now that our our online our um, physical stores can be open again. You know the consumers are going to come back, and you know we're going to see the same levels as we saw before. Um, you know I think the consumer has fundamentally changed, and so you know it's 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 less about who's in and who's out, and it's more about you know who's willing to to evolve their value proposition, who's wanting to to make those experiments in market and learn about what's working for the consumer, and not just rely on right. um, what's worked in the past. Right. And e-commerce certainly is uh, the new habit of some and here to stay, at least in part. Alex, great conversation. Thank you. Alex Fitzgerald, Principal, Carney Consumer Institute. Thank you, Alex.